For over 75 years, Moses has served this region with hustle, integrity, and caring. Our core values are what make us the number one provider of complete customer care, from sales to our service and parts departments, all the way to our body shop. I'm Reeves Kurtner, and this is In Your Business. Season one of In Your Business is presented by Moses Auto Mall of Huntington. Online at MosesMeansMore.com, empowered by the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce and Kindred Communications. This week, we sit down with one of the owners and founders of Christopher's Eats, Chris Dixon. Christopher's is an upscale casual restaurant known for great Americana dishes, including coal-fired flatbreads, great entrees and appetizers, homemade desserts, and handcrafted cocktails, Ralph Stacey in Huntington and the Summit Plaza. Christopher's also does a great job of staying up on the latest trends in the restaurant industry while staying true to itself. We're going to discuss some of the latest restaurant trends, what's on the horizon, and how Christopher stays on top of what consumers want. Let's get in your business. Chris, you know, thanks for coming by. Let's let's start by talking about Christopher's Eats. We have uh, yeah. the Chris from the Christopher's Eats, and uh, <laughs> you know, talk about talk about your restaurant. Uh, for someone who's never been, doesn't know what it is, how, how right. do you explain uh, what Christopher's Eats is? Right. Um, well, thanks for having me. Uh, I've never actually done done anything like this before. Right. So we'll we'll go ahead and do it anyway. <laughs> uh, Christopher's Eats. Um, you know, we we kind of describe it as kind of a um, casual upscale uh, restaurant, uh, Americana style food. Um, you know, you can get your hamburgers, um, you know, your French fries. Uh, but then we kind of move into the casual upscale side of things with, we do have some hand cut steaks. Uh, we do have seared tuna, um, some good seafood. We sell, you know, folks like salmon a lot uh, with us. So we do sell uh, seafood and then we can bring in some international flavors uh, and, and put those in some dishes. So being an Americana kind of restaurant, um, we're able to, um, like, like again, bring in those international flavors because, uh, you know, America is kind of a melting pot anyway. So, That's right. So you find all those different cuisines. So it really allows us to kind of really do whatever we want yeah. and not get pigeonholed into specific sure. style restaurants, which nothing wrong with those because I love plenty of them. But uh, right. It allows us to kind of get outside of It's a good point. I never thought about that. America, America is like the melting pot and, Completely. and you can I do mean, what you want with it. I mean, that's kind of the way it is. I right. mean, you know, there's a lot of different discussions that could be had on that, but that's not, yes. that's not what I do. So how many years now? Oh gosh. Um, oddly enough. Um, and, and thankfully enough, uh, this past January 28th was 11. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time flies. And, uh, I mean, time flies when you're having fun, man. Yes. The first location was, uh, you know, at Route 60, River Place Plaza. And then yep. you all moved to the new place also in Route 60, but on the other side, down, down the road a little bit. Yep. Um, how long have you been in your current location now? Um, there in the Summit, Summit Plaza. The Summit Plaza there, that, that is across from Subaru for, yeah. for anybody that needs a, needs a, a landmark. Um, we're pushing six years, okay. I think five, six years. Yeah, yeah. it's it, five, six years in the first place, five, six years in the second, because we were kind of in transition with right. our building. Yeah, beautiful and beautiful building too. Yeah, yeah. That, that you all have now. So Thanks a lot. Yeah, my cousin did, a, did yeah. a fantastic job with that. Yeah. So today we want <clears throat> we want to talk about um, you know current trends and and keeping up with them and and sure you know specifically for the restaurant industry, but you know every business has to keep up with trends and and, and so forth. So yeah, I'd say for the most part. Yeah. Somewhat. So so let's kind of just jump in. 
you know, what what trends are you seeing right now in the restaurant industry, both mm. local and, and regionally and, and, and national? What what trends are out there right now? Um, you know, it looks like I hate I hate to kind of bring this up to be honest, but um, uh, after after COVID, uh, you know, we're still the restaurant industry is still dealing with things. I think a lot of industries kind of are. You're right. Um, but that being said, I think that the way people um, are spending money has kind of changed somewhat. Uh, we still get the in-house customers. I do think one of the trends is that uh, there seems to be more um, delivery. Um, I think, you know, even though it does cost a little more, I think people are, are having more delivered sure. to, their, to their business or to their house. Um whichever one so i think that that right now is one of the trends that um I, i'm looking into personally yeah um i just had a big conversation about it yesterday honestly because you all not you all are currently not doing the DoorDash and grub hubs and or, or are you we haven't we yeah. have not started yet um i am i am looking to um to check that out i, I was wanting to kind of start our own delivery service um just to honestly avoid that trend a little, a little bit yeah to be quite honest but um you know, the, the monetary side of it just makes more sense right now to maybe use a DoorDash or Uber Eats or um, uh, there might be a couple other ones out there. But um, I am looking into it. Yeah, we haven't yet. So we do carry out. We do take out. Right. Um, so you're welcome to call in a to-go order. But I think that the way that the money's being spent, um, that is a trend issue with the delivery, I do think. In the food world, um, you know, we chatted real quick when I got here about yeah. the cocktails. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the changing cocktail menu, um, you know, seasonally is a, is a big thing uh, for folks. Uh, one of the ones I have seen of late and it, trends being trends, who knows how long they're going to last. That's right. They could stick forever. You never know. Um, <laughs> one of the ones I've seen, um, you know, the, the Bloody Marys with, with the bouquet of, Celery and deliciousness and, all, and olives and eggs and bacon and bacon, yes, you know, lobster tail yes, and some yes. shrimp and all those things. So, um, <laughs> that, that's one that sticks out to me. Um, I know there's been some folks that do it, we never really got into that one. Um, it just, I don't yeah. know, that was one that didn't make as much sense to me as some well, of the other ones. Let's, let's talk more about, about drinks. It feels like it was craft beers and then it mm. went to bourbons and wines and yep. hard seltzers and that one I feel like does change faster. Than, it's like a six month nine month hot thing and then it's on to the next one. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I think because um, so a while back, a lot of a lot of distillers. There were there were a lot of distillers that were very young, and now we're coming of the age of, of where they can sell their products. Um, New Riff might might be one of them mm -hmm. um, um, that have great stuff. So when when that stuff comes of age, then they market that hard, right? So bourbon became very popular for these um, lesser known at the time distillers that weren't Jim Beam, Maker's Mark, right? Right. <clears throat> so those were. Uh, the, those came around. Um, then you did have the craft beers, um, but again, uh, so many great craft beer distilleries. I mean, we have a couple around here, right? That's right. Um, so, so, so many of them. Uh, so sometimes distribution is hard. So you can sell locally, which is sure. great. Um, we do at Christopher's have our, our basically our craft beer board uh, that tells you what's on, and and we do sell quite a bit of those. Um, That's right. I mean that trend has kind of stuck uh, enough that I actually took Bud Light off draft because we had an actual keg of Bud Light go bad Got it. because they were buying the other craft beers. Right. And you can get it in a bottle. 
we have right? it in a bottle. I mean, yeah, yeah, we have it in a bottle. So, you yeah. know, um, but yeah, when you see something like that happen, which I had never seen at that point, I mean, right. I've, I've been doing restaurants for quite a while and I had never seen that happen, not to us either. Sure. And so the craft beer thing happened. Um, and still kind of going. I mean, it is. It's just. It's just. It is. I think it's spread out a little more it's now. So across. saturated, right? Yeah. I mean, there's. It's. There's so many breweries. So yeah. And there's only so many taps, and there's only so many shelves, yeah. right? To put all those yep. those on there. So yeah, I think it's. I think in that respect, in in that craft beer industry, you know, you got some places in. You get places in town that are selling. You know, that have shops that sell selling that do a great job of a great selection. Um, but yeah, so. You know, I think now it's spreading out. Instead of it just being craft beer, it's craft beer. You know, you still have to have a good bourbon selection. You yes. need to have a couple of scotches. You need to have, um, you know, you still have to have the seltzers. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how long that one's going to last. That 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 one's is surprising to me. Yeah. That, to be honest, that it's and it, I feel still like around. Even with seltzers, it's it's changed. Right. It was. Uh, uh, you know, like the malt beverage versions, mm-hmm. and then now it's real. There's real alcohol versions of your right. seltzers and that kind of stuff too. So it's even changing. Yeah, you that can't one. Cocktails. That's a newer trend. That's I feel a big like. one. The high yeah. noons. The the. That's what I was trying to say. The yeah. white claws. The, yeah. Um, that that one really surprised me. That it, to be honest, that it's still still kicking. So going back to your to your taps, how do you decide what to put on just your taps? So when there's a new beer, new product. How do you go? Yeah. All right, we've never done this before. Let's all right, let's do it. So so. With our bar program, what what normally happens is we we try to not we try to not repeat like back to back too often. Yeah, sure. So we are typically typically looking for uh, newer ones um, or just ones that we haven't sold before. Okay, because um, there's a plethora. But, yes. Um, so we go and research the the uh, tasting notes and see what what th- what that looks like and if we haven't had it if we've had it then we know but um, we check out the tasting notes on stuff um, you know just do some research and then we kind of I mean for the most part know our clientele and and what they want to have at right. Christopher's it, right it, I mean they might go to a different place and want to drink something different there because the food's different That's or whatever. Right. Things pair differently, right? Um, so uh, for a long time, it was IPAs. IPAs were massive, massive. And I think um, I, I think they still are a, a big one. You know, there's a lot of IPAs, but it, it doesn't feel like as as much as it was before. I so it's changing. That. I agree. You know, that. and then we went in, then there was some sours that were really yes. popular, right? Um, so we did all that. But I think for the most part, we try to not not duplicate and we uh, check out the tasting notes to see what our clientele would probably enjoy. And and we have 12, 12 taps. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a fairly good variety and at any point And it's one of the coolest uh, taps in town. It's <laughs> frozen and, and uh, yeah, that, yeah, it's cool. That you, We can attribute that to my cousin Jeremy. Yeah. Um, he, I think he might have seen one somewhere. I've never at, seen at one some before. Point. Yeah, the whole thing is covered in ice on the yeah, outside. But you so can touch it, and it's it's ice. Yeah. When it's, it's that's very true. When it's not covered in ice, it is it is literally a stainless steel goose. It looks like a gooseneck. Okay. Um, like with the head, yeah, you know, wrap, yeah. curvy and everything. So, but it does freeze over completely. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So, co- let's talk about cocktails. Um, yeah. You all do seasonal menus. Same thing. What again? Cocktails very trendy too. Uh, Correct. Yeah. You know time. what goes into those decisions on putting together your menu, uh, your 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 cocktail menu. Uh, so um, again, um, we go back to the bar program. I I get to be in the involved in in the best part of that program that that um, now Haley is um, heading up. 
Um, but the best part to me, I get to taste them all. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we get to we get to do that, right? Um, but really, the way it works, man, is is we have some really talented bartenders cool. um, and staff, and and Haley, and um, those folks just kind of play around with things. You know, at any point in time, I could walk in and somebody's like, "Hey, try this." And so I do, and yeah. then we talk about what's in it. Um, but the reason that we change the cocktail menu so so often, well, I wouldn't say so often, you know, a few times a year, um, is because of those trends. I mean, it, yeah, you know, those there's only you know even even the greatest drinks people only want to drink them like that so many times. Sure. So we do change them, and but what is happening with us is um, we are making a fair amount of ingredients that go into those cocktails instead of just buying. All the things off the shelf. That's right. You know, we're making, uh, you know, some drams. We've made infused bourbons, infused vodkas, whatever. Um, we are, uh, you know, like one of one of my favorites was the, um, I think it was Grandpa's Pocket Candy. It was like a a, a butterscotch Werther's infused bourbon. Okay. So they were making that right uh, and using that right. So what you know, we might make some batches of that. Uh, and then when that runs out, we may make another one or we may switch the menu. Sure. Um, that kind of stuff. So we are making uh, ingredients, flavored simple syrups, which aren't terribly difficult, but you got to get them right still. Um, That's right. So, yeah, I mean, th- those kinds of trends, I think it's important that y- you make some of the ingredients in-house to make it your own. That's right. Somebody else could make the same dram or same infused, but it might taste a little bit different. That's so, right. So we're making it our own with that, um, those in-house main ingredients. and. Just trying stuff, man. I will say this. Um, I think there is some stuff coming in West Virginia, hopefully, uh, with the laws. Okay. Um, but uh, to, to keep creating and, and keep progressing and keep going, um, sometimes it's it's fairly difficult to get things at the liquor stores. Uh, what, what do you mean specific? I mean, what, what are specific, you hoping you, you, we have here now? Well, that we don't I'm hoping have? that I'm hoping that we can open up the open up the. Um, open up what is sold in the state uh, a little more. What do we not have? Uh, you know, when we do these research, you know, we go looking for, uh, we can, sometimes what happens to us is they might have a little bit of, let's say, like a tricol, um, a, a, a liqueur. Okay. Um, uh, that uh, they might have, somebody might have some of, and then we, we find it, and then we make a cocktail with it, and then we can't can't do it we, again. We've, we've, yeah, you can't do it again yeah. because we can't find any more to buy anywhere, and it might be on back order. So that happens. It gets on back order or it gets discontinued. Right. Um, or there's just stuff that, you know, you can go across state lines and they sell there, but they don't sell in West Virginia. Sure. Um, so sometimes you're limited in that respect, um, and I think that the, that would be a great a great thing to come where there'd be more options. Sure. Because, um, I mean, those flavored things like Dracol, um, Chartreuse, um, which is another difficult one to find, right? Um, you know, nobody's like chugging those things. Like that's not a that's not a thing like right. like that. Right. Uh, you know, they're they're going to be used responsibly. I mean, for the most part, I think a lot of people probably don't even have those at their home bar. Sure. So for us, it's very important to be able to find th- those types of flavored liqueurs or just different brands or other stuff that, you know, aren't readily available. Sure. Uh, so that we can have a trendy and a different cocktail menu that keeps progressing yeah. through time instead of getting to, we, you know, you almost feel like sometimes you get to a point where you start have to revisit things and that's not what we want to do. If we want to revisit it, we want to do that because a lot of people are requesting that's it, right? right? 
Moses Amal of Huntington has been the region's premier Cadillac dealership for over 20 years. To see our selection of new and pre-owned Cadillacs, visit us online at MosesMeansMore.com. What about what about food? Anything specifically like food trends? Um, let's see what's happening now. Um, I had I did have some. Uh, I, th- I think the 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 chicken and waffles has has been hanging on for quite a long time. Okay. Um, you know, and I brunch brunch was is brunch food. I think is is very trendy. Yeah, I think it seems like it's kind of coming back around a little bit. Okay, um, it, there was a little bit of a lull there, so you kind of had to step it up a, a touch. I, for chicken, like I said, chicken and waffles has hung out for a long time, so yeah. I guess that would probably put it past the trend era. I, I don't know if you know it seems to be sticking around, so I'm thankful for that. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, flavored French toast is trendy. We we do a stuffed French toast. Okay. Um, I think that there's a chance to to do some other things there. Um, but brunch, I think brunch in general was a trendy thing. Yeah. Um, as far as other stuff, the the food scene, it's um, it, it kind of seems like the the. I don't know if this is going to sound right. Fl- flavored burgers, or burger toppings, maybe the the different burger toppings are coming back around, like um, where you where you name the burger, or you know, just a mushroom Swiss burger. The the burger toppings seem to be kind of coming back around. Sure. Um, yeah. What the, about I, like local sourcing? Is that you know? It, I feel like sometimes um, you know people they they want or. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything there on that? Do people care about local produce, uh, local meats, and so forth? And, and where where are you all on that? Yeah, um, the local thing we've that that's something we've always tried to um, kind of push from our point of view. Um, I mean, su- supporting anything local is going to put more money back into your your market at home that's instead right. of supporting the big box stores, right? Yep. So so you all we always try to do that. Um, uh, there are local products we have. There's a we use some local microgreens. Um, we use some local meat. Um, quite a bit of it between Christopher's and the butcher shop. Sure. Um, uh, there is a West Virginia beef program now, um, so th- there's you know a fair amount of that stuff. Um, sure. But I think the local the local products is very important. Produce, you can get some of the some of the freshest produce that you you, you know you have ever seen. West Virginia has always been kind of known for, um, at least when I grew up. You know, a lot of people grow their own tomatoes. Yes, their own that's green, right. And bell peppers. Yes. Bell peppers, yep. hot peppers, <laughs> green beans. Um, so you can find those. Um, sometimes it's hard to find them in a quantity for a restaurant. Yeah. Um, but, you know, w- what your maybe more upscale restaurants where they don't have to use quite as much. Um, you might find more more local produce like lettuces and things like that. Um Unfortunately, like, I mean, I can use local products that are as close to me as possible. And when I say that, uh, what I've used as local, um, if it's not in West Virginia and I can't readily afford it or, you know, for the price points that I need to sell, um, then I reach out to the states that touch West Virginia. Um, If I can find it in those states, um, that to me, I mean, I'm pulling from as close as I can reasonably. Um, So I try to do that um, on the next step. Um, but some of the trends with that stuff, you'll find like the f- on the food side, what will happen is in the upscale restaurants over the years, 
places like Christopher's being upscale casual and, and then some casual places will find products from upscale restaurants where they've been able to um, make the procedure of building that, that food item a little right. easier, a little less expensive so they can sell it that at another restaurant that's not upscale. Sure. So an example would be something like way back in the day, like a chicken cordon bleu. Okay. Um, so the process used to be, it's not difficult, but those those kinds of things were usually in upper echelon restaurants. And then the things start trickling down, right? That's right. So and so you'll see the chicken cordon bleu at, you know, we've had specials with it um, at places like us. Um, thing, you know, so that's one of the trends over the years that, that typically always continues to happen is, you get a trickle down from upscale restaurants into casual upscale into casual, um, you know, scallop potatoes would be another example. Right. So that stuff starts to keep trickling down. So you mentioned your, your specials and, and you all always have weekend specials, right? Yeah, we do weekend features. So th- those would be our trends. Yeah, well, and so let's talk about that. So so where do you get the inspiration for, for those? Um, yeah, where do you get the inspiration for those? Uh, I'll tell you, quite honestly, um, it's kind of like the cocktail menu. I, I have a, an amazing staff. And so right now, um, you know, our, our executive chef, Jeff, uh, Jeff Ells gets gets to gets to play around and kind of do what he wants there, and um, and he's done a fantastic job. So you know anything from actually, I think I I think he's doing some tiramisu. Okay. Um, here coming up, maybe some creme brulee since we do have Valentine's Day coming up. But our weekend features are you know just stuff that he gets excited about and and that we you know people love to eat and we know that are going to do well um, and aren't th- those things aren't going to be on our menu there. You know, they're going to be, like I said, weekend features. Um, Do you ever have a special word that does so well? And you're like, all right, we'll put this on the regular menu. menu? It's happened a couple times. Right. Anything you, you can think of? Um, I would think like a flatbread would be one of those for some reason. It's it, in my head. Uh, I think there has been a flatbread. I should have brought a menu with me so <laughs> I could, uh, rec- could recall quicker. Um, I think there has been one or two flatbreads. Yeah. Um, the the we we did a pulled pork panini, um, I think, and that one, I think that one kind of uh, kind of yeah. made it to the menu. That, That's a good one. I think that one was one that wasn't an actual menu item. Yeah. until it was a feature. So so how do you how do you and how do your staff stay up on all these tr- these trends? Uh, follow other restaurants on social media. Follow, yeah, eat at other places. Other and go, hey, yep. hey, I can do this here. Try I'm to, out of town. Uh, I can do that here. Yeah, that's kind of uh, so. That's kind of um, you know one of the tricks of the trade. You know, it's it's one of those things where you can't really trademark or patent anything. It's you know if you change a couple ingredients, now it's a different recipe. So and, and that's been happening in the industry forever. You know, and if somebody decides to, you know, make something that they saw at your restaurant, try to work for their. For their another restaurant, you got to take it as a compliment, right? Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you go out to eat, you, you see stuff other places, and you're like, I, I think I'd like to make a different version, maybe. Um, uh, read read social media stuff. You know, there's all kinds of little TikTok videos. I, I'm personally not on TikTok, but um, there's videos there. There's videos on Facebook. Sure. Um, and also, I personally, you know, on my side of the business, I, I have some subscriptions to. Uh, some things to trades and so forth. Yeah. yeah sure. You know, you know, industry stuff so that I can kind of read up, um, 
just across the board. It's not just with the food side. I mean, it's business side of stuff too, but, but yeah, that's kind of, you know, just do your research. I mean, it's it's the same with our bar program, you know, we're not going out like drinking every night, but you know, you go, you go to other places and try nice cocktails. I mean, that's right. I mean, you know, and try to, try to make some your own, get ideas, you know, have a good time. And usually when you're having a good time, uh, the, 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 that part of the brain tends to work a little better. Um, you know, it gets more excited. Sure. Ideas flow a little sure. easier. Have a little brainstorm session, a little banter back and forth. Next thing you know, you've come up with, you know, some kind of cocktail that you never thought you would. Sure. So, How, as a as a locally owned independent restaurant, um, what are some of the biggest challenges that that you all face, and and how do you overcome those? Um, you know the. <sighs> You, we get we get a ton of, of local support, right? We have we have a great customer customer base, um, and we are kind of pigeonholed into that section just because of our um, menu pricing, price points, and stuff like that. So we serve a certain clientele, and we share those with um, other, actually, other local restaurants. We, we all kind of share, but um, you know we. One of the biggest, probably biggest um, things is that we don't have the national buying power that that these um, national chains sure. chains have, right? So, so that's why we've kind of done the the menu price points and the kind of food that we do is because we we know where we're at and what, yeah. we're, what we're using. Yeah. I mean, we so we try to offer you know high quality fresh ingredients. Um, at the best prices we can, so that that's probably one of the biggest ones is just national buying power. We Makes don't sense. we don't have it. We're yeah. we're one yes one restaurant. We're not two hundred you know a chain that has two hundred fifty three hundred shops. And so you know when you're um, even some like pizza places, um, you know they they're hedging last year, you know tomato crops right for their for their that's right. for their red sauce. That's right. <clears throat> um, and and we can't do that. So it's kind of the it's kind of the same. Um, kind of the same as as uh airlines buying you know jet fuel that's right they, yeah. he, they hedge on that you know they they prepay yep. for some of it so yeah. kind of same deal and that so as a local mom and pop yeah you know we're it's a big building where you know it looks looks like we're a big place but at the end of the day we're still a local mom and that's pop right. and we can't we can't do that kind of stuff so right. our menu prices are what they are so that's why we try to use the local ingredients and support the local growers as much as we can right. and, and the local beef program, which is the local farmers in the state. Right. Um, so we're basically just trying to keep it here. Yeah. Um, and so I would say, yeah, I would say national buying power is probably, probably the that biggest, probably the biggest sure. um, uh, issue f- for smaller restaurants. Sure. And, and listen, I mean, obviously, you know, the industry that, that I'm in, uh, you know, marketing and advertising, I'll say that too. That's a challenge too. Marketing and advertising. You know, uh, a national chain restaurant. They run one commercial. Yeah. It can serve 150, every, 200, 1,000 locations, whatever it is. Every, and, every market can, they need. And you can spread that out across 100 stores, 200 stores, whatever the cost. And then yeah. when you're marketing just one location, it's all in that one location. So yeah. So there you go. That that'd be another same kind one. of idea as the yeah. buy power thing. Exactly the same. Yep. The more I mean, the more stores that you have pitching in with the cost, clearly. The, the per unit cost is going to go down. So, sure, um, and it does. It does. Does it with marketing? Does it with buying food? Does sure, it, 
does it with us buying marketing. That's right. You know, locally, exactly. yes. and we try to do the best we can with it. And yep. you, know, you guys have always been gracious with us and and helped us out as much as you can because uh, we are both local. Yeah. Um, so we've always appreciated that. But yeah. Moses Auto Mall of Huntington has been the region's professional grade GMC dealership for over 20 years. To see our selection of new and pre-owned GMCs, visit us online at MosesMeansMore.com. So, so what, what's, what's next? What is happening in those other cities, those other regions that um, you know could be making its way here? On the food side, I think we're we're. I mean, I'll, I can speak for for me, you know, right? I yeah, can speak sure. for for Christopher's. Um, I think on the food side, I think, <clears throat> I think that, you know, dial, dialing back the the menu some, the mm. size, the size of the menu, yeah. dialing back the size of the menu and, and really respecting the, the quality of ingredients that you're using. Um, and then also in turn, we'll make the dishes that are still on the menu or the new ones that come that much better because you know you sometimes you get and and we've been guilty of it we do have a sizable menu for a smaller restaurant um i would say i mean there's there's quite a bit of selection there yeah i agree Um, i've seen bigger yeah i've seen smaller i mean i think i think it's a fair but i I know i I know what you're saying though you are seeing in some places like an eight by eleven sheet of paper and that's the that's the menu for the night right right yeah so i i think um i think like i mentioned before in the in the upscale scene you know those those te- those places tend to have a much smaller menu because they have to do what they're doing extremely well. That's right. If you're going to pay those prices, that's right. right. So I think that is actually one of the trends that um, we will be seeing is places like me, upscale casual, um, will be kind of dialing back the size of the menu, yeah, so that they can uh, um, concentrate on the quality of their ingredients, be able to use maybe some more local stuff because there is not as much to spread it across. Um, if that makes sense. It does. Um, so I, I think that's, I think that's a big deal. And, and, it, and in turn, you know, while some people are going to be upset that there's not as much selection, um, I think that they'll equally be as happy with the quality of what they're getting because when you, when, when there are less things, those things should be better. That's right. Right. Yeah. So you shouldn't, you should be gaining some quality, even though maybe, yeah. maybe you're losing some items. So yeah. I think that's probably what, what I can see, um, from reading and, and, and talking with my team and stuff like that. Um, I do think there's going to be a concentration of, a, of a menu rather than, you know, flipping the pages back and forth That's right. and trying to decide Yes, and then forgetting which page you were on. That's right. And right. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. I, I love it. I love, I love Mexican food. Love it. Yeah, love me Mexican. too. I'm with you go to those, uh, some of those restaurants and it's like 25 pages. You're like, what section? Yeah. I know there's that one thing I like, but is it, is it in the chicken section? Is it in the beef section? Well, it's both. So it's in the specialty section. <laughs> yeah. You can get lost in, uh, in yep. news like that. So I'm very fortunate when I go to, when I go to those places, I'm able to, uh, to, to, to go that the, there's friends that work there. So I'm like, Hey man, I, can you just make me so can you, what? I don't care if it's a menu item, that's fine. Just, yes. just send it out here. Yeah, that's right. So, so they, they, they do that for me, which is really nice. Anything I miss? Anything else you want to add? No, I, I mean, not, not really overall. I mean, I, we've, we've been, I guess the only thing that I really, really ought to say is that, you know, um, when we talked at the beginning, you know, it's, it's been 11 years for us. And, and that is something that, uh, in, in this area and where we're at, you know, I, I can 
right offhand to think of, you know, maybe maybe a handful of folks that have been around for quite a while. 100%. Um, and so, you know, putting in 11 years um, and, and folks supporting us for 11 years, is, is it really feels good. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. There's, you know, it, times are tough sometimes. And, yeah. you know, we might be looking at some tough times coming again. We're, I'm not sure, but I think that... Um, I, I think that I would be remiss if I didn't uh, thank thank the community for it's, really it's supporting us. Think about us. how many p- places have come and gone in those those eleven years, and I think the restaurant yeah, industry it, is one of the toughest industries. It's brutal, man. Yeah, there is, and, and that's why I said I, you I don't would, have to go eat out. You yeah, don't you, you right? Don't. You know, yeah. But now you got groceries that are costing more than eating that's out. Right. If you, if that's right, you know, sometimes right. So, it is. So like I said, I would be extremely remiss if I didn't uh, if I didn't thank the community for their support in, in these last eleven years. It's it's meant a lot to me and my yeah. family. Um, so it, that 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 would be the most important. But yeah, um, yeah, survived a pandemic, survived a new location, all that kind of stuff. Ne- so. Never saw that one coming. No, man. obviously, never. And what, you know, they uh, don't train you for that either. No, God, no. There was no book. That <laughs> that right? I mean, we we, I, we were saying the cliche. Never saw, uh, never seen this before. Well, yeah, you haven't. Yeah. Nobody has uh, since nineteen twenty yeah. or whatever it was. So. That was brutal, man. So uh, let's wrap up with this. If I go to Christopher's for the first time, you know, what do you tell people to, to get? What what do you recommend? What are, you, what are your top three or so favorite apps, desserts? And first, first timers, um, you know, it, it's tough to go wrong with the Sear Tuna app. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think. Um, so you know, Sear Tuna dinner is phenomenal. It, it's the same. Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. Sa- same tuna, just a bigger portion. Yeah. Um, and and we can cook it any way you like. You want it rare or you want it well done, that's fine. Yeah. I would I would recommend medium rare to rare, but on tuna. But, um, I, you know, try hamburger. That 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 burger grind is is a local uh, West Virginia grind, and they only make it for me. Um, it's not going to be sold anywhere else. Sweet. Um, you know, if you if you like pizza, we have flatbreads. We have a hundred percent coal fired oven. Um, me personally, I, I grew up, you know, working in the restaurant industry. Well, well, that was my first job, is what I mean. Um, and chef, I'm a chef, and I do all that stuff. And and I like a good cheese cheese flatbread, man. Okay, I mean, just just honestly, load it up, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, you know, we like I said earlier, we do sell quite a bit of salmon. People tend to um, really enjoy our salmon. Um, and with us, because of the quality ingredients that we're buying and selling to you, um, you can have those cooked any way you want. Um, I think that is one of the misconceptions that has been kind of around there. Um, salmon doesn't have to be cooked well done. Okay. You can have it. You can have it rare. Right. I mean, you just got to remember because it, it comes rare on sushi. Uh, you know, so we can sear it on both sides for you and eat it rare. That's I, right. I recommend medium on that. Um, so you still get all that flavor and, and the good flakiness. But um, salmon, you know, uh, try a burger, uh, the tuna apps. Um, you know, our French fries are made in house. They, you know, I, I love them. We use red skin potatoes. Um, you know, my most, kid loves the truffle fries. She just discovered the truffle fries. The, the truffle fries, ago. yeah. A couple months ago, and that's been her obsession. So she'll yeah. get a kid's menu with a side, and then we'll, with fries, and then we'll, there you go. Ask to make them truffle style. So that's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. So, I mean, you know, we, like I said, we do have a, a variety truffle fries, which, you know, I don't know that you see a lot of places. You don't. Um, no anymore i don't know we've done them the whole time when i do go to other towns uh and somebody has trouble fries i tend to give them a shot 
I love triple fries. I yeah, think, I think mine are better. Um, I, they're they're darn good. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. So. Um, you know, I just think I, I, they're I, sinfully good. They really oh, yeah, are. I appreciate they that. are. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, you know, I think that uh, it's really hard for me to pigeonhole. You know, one or two things. Um, just because we do try really hard at what we do. Um, so, I, I, you know, if if I could ask anything, I probably would just ask folks to come in with an open mind. And, yeah, sure. There's something you know, there And try you. something. I mean, yes. yeah. Uh, we have people. pastas, yes. Pastas, veggie pastas. There's, You know, if you're gluten-free, we can take care of you. You know, we have those options. Um, you know, if you're a vegetarian, we can take care of you. Yep. Uh, because we do make a lot of stuff from fresh prep, and we do, you know, we do saute things to order when people order it, you know. And so we, we can accommodate quite a bit allergy. We, we get those two, um, and we can take care of you the best we can. Yeah. Um, so I just say we'd come in with an open mind and try anything you want. Um, you know, if you don't like it, I, I understand that. You know, we'll we'll figure it out. And that's our episode. Thanks for listening, and thank you, Chris, for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and even leave us a five star review. Season one of In Your Business is presented by Moses Auto Mall of Huntington. MosesMeetsMore.com empowered by the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce and Kindred Communications. This is Jason Moses, Executive Manager of Moses Automall of Huntington, where Moses means more. Thanks for listening to In Your Business.